Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 349 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing well as well. Excited to talk about some magic. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. How's it going today, Krim? Yes, yes, man. Hi, hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How are y'all doing? <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, we've got a, a decent chunk to talk about today and on a on a format that I enjoy quite a bit, and that's standard. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, so uh, kind of an overview of our cast today. We want to talk some more about Standard, because Standard keeps, you know, developing uh, in the weeks after rotation, the weeks after Innistrad Midnight Hunt, really. So more Standard talk. Also, this week is Worlds, so we want to talk a bit about Worlds. We got some new promos from Japan, which are pretty neat that we wanted to mention. Maybe talk a little bit about cards that we underestimated during spoiler season based on a conversation that came up on social media this week that was kind of interesting. And then, of course answering some fish mail. So that is the plan for today's cast. But before we get to that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, you've probably heard about them from us before. They're a great way to sell your magic collection. And they have a new service that's geared towards selling smaller batches of valuable cards with reduced service fees. It's called their curated shipment service. And you can sell your cards for the best available buy list price with only a 5% fee. You don't got to sort anything. You don't got to grade anything. All you got to do is safely package up your stuff and ship them out. And right now we got a special deal for you for the month of October. You can actually check out and use the curated shipment option with no fees at all. If you enter the code scoops over at cardconduit.com, you they will waive all of the fees for the curated shipment for the month of October. So this is a perfect time to try selling uh, your magic collection and check out the curated shipment option over at cardconduit.com. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards so super uh, sweet option i actually am thinking about maybe checking it out myself uh, no fees is pretty appealing so anyway thank you to card conduit for supporting the show and let's talk some magic and let's start with standard so we've been talking about standard the last couple of weeks things keep developing, I would say. There haven't been any huge shakeups, but what we have seen over the last week is the format kind of consolidating around really two archetypes. You can maybe argue three, but there was SCG tournaments this weekend. They did eight qualifiers, and they did a a finals for people who did well in the qualifiers. In those eight events, or nine events counting the finals, there were essentially all is it decks and all mono green aggro decks. I actually went through all of those tournaments and I counted in the top eight of all nine events, six decks that were not is it or mono green <laughs> or mono white. So there was a few scattered decks. There was like 35 mono green decks, 20 some is it decks. So the format is really coalesced around two archetypes, maybe three if you throw mono white in there. What do you guys think about the current state of standard? Is it time to start freaking out about the metagame percentages of these best decks? Or is it still early? Are we still going to have a shakeup? Are things going to change? How are you feeling about standard currently in these couple of decks that have risen to the top of the format? Oh, boy. I mean, I think the format, it's obviously still a little too early, right? But at the same time, I'm, let's be honest, the, the, Alrun's Epiphany should already be just banned and out of the format. It should have been out of the format before this set even came out. We we know extra turn spells have just always been miserable 
So regardless of whether it's too broken or whatever the, the counter argument could be, or like it's not broken enough, it's fine. I think it's just the pattern of play of the card should have just already warranted the banning a long time ago of that card. I mean, I, I can I can see that. I, I'm kind of in the just don't print extra turn spells in standard anymore camp. We've talked about that a few times before. I think for me, the kind of the weird thing is my experience in standard has been much more positive than these metagame numbers would suggest. Like when I look through these tournaments and I see, you know, almost 50% of decks or somewhere around 50% of decks being mono green aggro in the top eight and just a handful of non mono green, non is it non mono white decks in the top eight. If you look at that, you would think standard is horrible. The weird thing is I've really been enjoying it in my experience playing on the ladder. Uh, I think I'm at platinum right now. I was at mythic before the season switch. So at relatively high ranks has been much more diverse than these numbers would suggest. It doesn't feel like Eldraine standard to me where you knew, okay, you're going to play adventures every round. You're going to play emergent ultimatum every round or rogues every single round. It still feels diverse on the ladder. So I don't know what to make of this because if you look at it just, from the analytics and the statistics, you would say this was probably not a super diverse and fun format where you have two decks that are taking up like 60% of the meta or something. But my experience playing it on Magic Arena has been that it's a lot more diverse than these numbers suggest. How how was your actual gameplay been? Like, are you playing mono green or is it, you know, 60% of the time between the two of them? Or have you experienced kind of what I've experienced with there being more diversity on the ladder than there are uh, in the tournaments? Oh, there's definitely been a lot more diversity on the ladder. Um, I, I see some variations of aggro that aren't just mono green, but I mostly still see mono green. I, I reliably just run into mono green every every like every other game. Um, <laughs> okay. so it's that's, very that's diverse, not... right? You can sometimes run into Saltai ramp, into Selesnia ramp, maybe ghoul yeah. werewolves, uh, and then the lone mono, mono white player. I've actually never played mono black, strangely enough. Uh, but the green shell is definitely there, and I think it's overrepresented uh, because the the is a deck, the Alvin's Epiphanies deck, like is pretty much it. I guess you could go Demir as well, but the green shell fits into many things, and I don't know. I I play Magic online. Maybe people are more serious there, but you basically just like roll over everyone who's not playing green. And then you like maybe flip a mirror match and then you end up 4-1 in a league. Uh, and I don't know why people keep playing. Like people keep playing mono white and, uh, you know, trying to force white and it never looks good. So <laughs> I am not sure what's going on, but I think like people are just playing different decks. But when you bubble it out to like the high win rate decks, the ones that are actually top eighting, it's your two favorites, right? Is it at mono green? But the, the beginnings of the tournament, people are still trying to brew and innovate and like trying to get other decks into the meta. So, so do you think this is just where we're at for the next, let's say, month until Crimson Bow releases? Like, should we be expecting this to develop and change still? These brews that people are trying and maybe not having as much success with, do you think they can compete with these decks? Or do you think we're already at a place where it's just like, all right, standard is and I hate to say it already, but salved in mono green and is it are the two best decks. And then there's a bunch of like tier three decks that people are going to play because they want to play different things. Like is a format already salved two weeks after release? I mean, they're there. Unfortunately, I think it is uh, for right now, at least until Crimson Vow. There's a lot of stuff that you can play 
Um, it's just, you know, right now, a lot of the stuff that you're going to play is going to lose to Outrun's Epiphany and or you're on like you're you're either trying to beat out like Mono Green or I mean uh, Outrun's Epiphany or you are, you know, trying to beat Mono Green. But every time a deck tries to beat Mono Green, it loses to Outrun's Epiphany. So, yeah, it's a little bit awkward. So right now it just feels a little bit solved, but not the end of the world because it's still a fun format so far. I've actually had a decent time playing it. I think I think it's kind of solved. I'm I'm, I'm going to say so. Usually, I like doing meta game things. Like I'm like, oh, everyone's playing this deck. You know, let's let's get them with the meta cards, right? You know, the, the secret tech. And I'm like, there is no secret tech, <laughs> right? Like like all of the mono green cards are like so good individually. Like there's nothing you can do to like break the synergy or uh, like you know go faster under or anything right so the, the only thing you kind of do is just slant bigger and just play the same package but slightly bigger so you would just go into like Selesnia ramp or something uh, yeah but so i i feel like it can't be fixed but that doesn't mean it can't i don't know like maybe there'll be some synergistic deck we're going to talk about worlds coming up uh so maybe you can add a third deck in here so it's actually rock paper scissors but i think the green shell is just going to be strong going forward I, I don't know that you can stop that and maybe there'll be some meta calls to do something about it but green just looks so strong here yeah so have have you guys been playing other decks because i i think my experience has been i've had a lot of like a reasonable amount of success playing decks outside of the the top decks in the farm like i've been working on a, a skeleton tribal deck with skeletal swarming and like skeleton stuff and i don't think any of these decks are like legitimately better than mono green or legitimately better than is it epiphany but i have found that there's a lot of decks that i can play with and i can win you know 50 60 percent of the time and compete with those best decks and you know if i have a decent draw i'll be able to actually beat those best decks in the format so it i don't know like my experience has still been generally pretty positive with the format even though i think i agree with you that it's kind of solved ish but i don't know it hasn't felt like i remember before rotation it would feel like it was just so miserable to play blues because you know you would get crushed. You would play some janky fun thing and you'd run into adventures and it was so good and so streamlined that you knew you were like 25% to win or something as soon as you saw, you know, the, the companion revealed or as soon as you knew it was emergent <laughs> ultimatum or as soon as you knew it was uh, adventures. It hasn't felt like that. Like I haven't been miserable playing against mono green. And even though I do dislike epiphany quite a bit in the play pattern, even that matchup, like uh, sure, sometimes they chain together three epiphanies and, it's really depressing but a lot of the times i don't even really mind playing against that deck so somehow the format maybe it's just the freshness of it but even if it's solved i still think that it's a lot of fun which is a good thing i think at least compared to last standard and i guess i still don't know how much of this is just uh, comparing it to how bad last standard was and maybe even a salve standard two weeks after rotation with monograin and epiphany being at the top of the format maybe that just still looks wonderful compared to alderaan standard so so maybe that's what's actually going on i think that's 100 percent it it's the fact <laughs> that we played in an eldrain standard so anything just looks better than an eldrain standard right so uh but right now like standard is in a better place it's in a better place than where it was but i don't know if it's necessarily ah, it's not war of the spark I I miss the War of the Spark Guilds of Ravnica standard. I think that was the last time standard was truly thriving and was a lot of fun no matter what. I even didn't even mind Nyssa as much 
Like, but like this standard, there's very much so like this awkward, like power balance where it's like, okay, everything is like very powerful and green. And most of the stuff that, that is in green isn't like easily answerable. Like, and even if you can't answer one of them, they all kind of snowball really quick. So if like an Eska's chariot comes down, that's two cat tokens. And then you answer the chariot. What does that mean? They still have four power. So there's a lot there. Uh, in this format right now that's just like really powerful and it's all like stacked in green so i was gonna say so i, I don't look at the metagame typically so the way i play standard is this so i, I like ask seth or Krim like give me a deck <laughs> right like show, show me a deck right or you know maybe if they're not around i'll actually just get like a top deck and then i'll start playing with it and as i lose and see other people's cool decks I'll, like, copy their decks, right? I'm like, oh, you know, I just got smashed by vampires or zombies or something. That's pretty cool. And then I'll build that deck. And then eventually I'll do that for a while and I'll sell on a deck. The problem is I've just been rolling everyone with green. And when I see people's <laughs> brews, I'm like, there's no way I'm playing the other side of this. Like, that's horrendous, right? So, you know, whenever I see something that's not green on the other side, or is it? It's like a face roll. And then, you know, when it's a mirror match or I'm playing the other tier deck, I'm like, okay, now I got to play serious. You know, I got I to gotta try to 5 all this league now, right? So because of that, I just, I just don't feel like playing the other side, right? Like it's, I haven't seen anything good, right? Like, you know, mono white or like Orzov decks, uh, black base decks, like they're not putting up a good fight against me. So I'm just not incentivized to play those other decks. I haven't seen anything cool happen. I mean, yeah. Every everything is just stacked in green, right? And if you're not doing like if you're not playing green, you're playing Aaron's Epiphany in some way, shape, or form. So that's kind of just the way it's been. I feel like we've been talking about the dominance of green for like two, three years now, and and we're kind of right back at that point where like most of the best decks in standard are green or at least green base. Even the the best of the lower tier decks are probably like cruel werewolves, some sort of green based ramp deck ramping into Ren and Six and maybe Coma or whatever big top end stuff. So it does seem like green is again the best color in standard. And really, if it wasn't for Elrond's Epiphany, I think it would clearly be the best color. Like Elrond's Epiphany is the one the one card I think that gives blue decks kind of a, a chance, even. Though I don't know if it's a, in a super healthy way. So let's say this. Let's say Wizards is like, okay, we're done with this format. And I don't think they're going to do this uh, with the biggest reason being we're a month away from a set release. So a new set is coming way, way earlier. Normally, we don't get the second set of a new standard to like January or February. This week, it's or this time, it's coming out early in November. So we're like a month away, less than a month away from spoiler season and a month away from having new cards to shake up the format. So I don't expect any changes right now. But let's say Wizards was super aggressive and they ban Elrond's Epiphany, and they ban, let's say, Ezekiel's Chariot. Do you think that would make Standard better? Or do you think a month from now, after people figure out the format, we would be talking about Tovalar, or we'd be talking about Ren and Seven, or we'd be talking about whatever, Intrepid Adversary, some mono-white card? Like, would something else just fill that void, and we'd still end up in the same exact place? I mean... The thing here is I, I think that eventually, yes, there will be something new that we'll all probably be upset with, right? But the power level at the, the cards that you have mentioned is just really, really high, right, compared to, like, the rest of the format right now. Like, I think Ranger's class is really good. Asika's Chariot I, I don't think is that bad yet, but I, but I do think Ranger class is absurd. 
Ranger yeah. class is is a very strong card. I think it's it's okay to have face roll decks. Or not no sorry. It's okay to have decks that are good, right? Like maybe a deck is dominating, but sometimes they're actually fun to play. I feel with like mono green, like it's not that fun to play. Like we we're joking, it's a face roll deck where you just like vomit your cards on the table and then go to town and that's it. And you have so much built-in card advantage for no reason, right? And you have like so many bombs that like people can't keep up and you just snowball out of control. I feel that's not fun, right? Like you have to kill everything on site. Whoever gets the tempo wins like immediately. Like, I don't know. Like I feel it's not interactive magic. So I feel it's more of like a game design issue as opposed to the deck itself. Like if you ban Asika's Chariot, maybe the power level goes down a bit, but the gameplay pattern is still the same. Like you don't do anything. You just like play Rangers class and go to town. Like, I don't know. I think it's something to do with like the way you play the cards is what's making it not fun. So, so how would, how could we fix that going forward though? Like, like, like let's say it's a design issue just not frail. we've already talked about extra turn spells i think that's an easy one just not putting extra turn spells in standard but do you just generally power down green creatures like give them less power and toughness because uh, with green there's not even really one specific card like i guess if you're going to point to a specific card it'd probably be either ranger class or azika's chariot but it really just has a lot of good cards at every point on the curve like if you just look through the green list it's got great two two drops in werewolf pack leader it's got great three drops in old growth troll and kazandu mammoth it's got good removal in blizzard brawl like just every spot on the curve is really efficient and really powerful most of them are two for ones or at least have two for one potential like ranger class two for one potential azika's chariot straight up two for one werewolf pack leader can draw you a card uh, old growth troll is a literal two for one coming back again is a second troll so like i'm not even sure like how you fix that other than just generally powering stuff down and the part that's a little scary is i felt like they did generally power stuff down like compared to our last standard we were talking about going into rotation how stuff was way powered down there's no omnas and okos and fires of invention and some of the cards have been dominating for the last couple of years it didn't seem like there was anything like that and it's hard for me to consider ranger class or azika's chariot or even elrond's epiphany on that level of brokenness so the, the Oko tier of brokenness. So uh, I, I don't know. I think you might be right that it's a design issue, but it seems like a design issue that might be difficult to fix other than just like printing a bunch of bad cards. And I don't think anyone wants just a bunch of bad underpowered cards either because that's unfun in a in a different sort of way. Then you get Ixalan. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And no one loves Ixalan or Dragon's Maze or like no one looks back fondly on those sets or those formats just because uh, they were so underpowered. You, you need Tarmogoyfs. You need Delvers. You need things that don't spiral out of control. Like if someone plays a Tarmogoyf and you do not have a Doomblade, right? You get hit three times in the face. You go down 12 life. You draw the Doomblade. You Doomblade it and you stabilize. Like any of the modern day threats that we're afraid of like if you get hit three times with it the game is over right like you let uro attack three times you let oko plus or minus three times like the game is over right so we have like these issues where like werewolf pack leader it's just a two mana three three but if it gets in a hit and draws a card you're already behind right or rangers class like your creature I mean, grows every turn and then yeah. it like turns into infinite card advantage. You're like, what? <laughs> right? So even if you draw that disenchant like four turns later, you're like so severely behind, you can't get back 
Same with Alvarez Epiphany. It just literally gives you an extra turn, right? So you get to catapult yourself ahead. So to me, it's the snowball. Like you used to be able to get a bad draw, you know, like take a few hits, stabilize, and then come back. Now if you get a bad draw, you're just dead. Like the cards just snowball out of control. Asika's Chariot's making like additional 6-6s six every turn. Uh, you know, it's, it's just like all these things just keep snowballing. And I think that's the issue. Like you can't really come back if you're not playing on curve, efficient threats and efficient answers to answer what they're doing. Yeah, I think that I think that Werewolf Pack Leader is actually a pretty interesting case study in what you're talking about, because uh, I mean, it, it's like such a big example of power creep. We've seen uh, like going back to Watch Wolf. I remember Watch Wolf being an exciting card. And this is what, 15 years ago now when original Ravnica came out. But Watch Wolf was it was a two mana three three and it was in two colors. And that was a big deal. And then we got like a mono green one. I can't think of the name of it. And it was played a little bit in like modern mono green stompy and standard mono green stompy decks. But now we're to the point where that same mana cost and that same stats, the three three for two has just like a ton of abilities thrown on it. Now you get to draw cards when you attack. Now you get to pump it into a 5-3 with Trample. So I feel like maybe that's the issue is just like so much text on cards. Like if Werewolf Pack Leader only had half of its abilities or even if it was just a, you know, a two mana 3-3, that would still be a reasonable card to play in some sort of aggro deck, like just based on the stats alone. But now there's just so many additional lines of text that it really does snowball. And I've seen that with Pack Leader in specific. It feels like a must kill threat, even though it's just a two mana 3-3. And Watch Wolf is not a must kill threat. Watch Wolf, you could do the target wave thing and take some hits and then kill it but if werewolf pack leader gets in a couple of hits where it's drawing cards it just snowballs so quickly and you fall so far behind so quickly that it's hard to keep up with so maybe you're right richard maybe that is is the direction that we need to go with stuff like that so i guess one more standard question do you think we'll get a shakeup with Innistrad Crimson Vow when the new set releases? Or are these decks so far ahead of the field right now that even a new set releasing might not really shake things up? I'm pretty much right there. Like, I don't know what could be introduced that would just absolutely change the game, right? Like, like I, I just don't see it. There would have to be some super sweet new command. Right, like, or like that has to be super modal that can blow up an artifact and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Because I just don't see any one card solving the power level that is a bunch of just generically very good green. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, so they could definitely solve it by just adding more power to like you know like whatever our white cards are, like add more power, <laughs> like a a, t- a two mana three one that exiles two creatures or something until it's removed. <laughs> so you know they they could just keep upping the power, right? But does that change the fundamental? power level i don't you know like i don't think so um they can't not up the power level or else you're gonna get a strict saving or a call dime or something like in eldraine standard so i you know they have to keep going with the power level unless they ban a bunch of cards but that's awkward like i don't know if they want to be banning cards already so my hope is they're increasing power level and somehow making it fun i i, I don't know do you think that standard 2022 was a bad thing? Because now that I'm thinking about it, 
these were kind of, you know, two of the best decks in standard 2022. Like mono green was probably the best deck. And I know is it got a little bit less popular towards the end of standard 2022, but it was the immediate best deck when the format started. Do you think this is partly an issue of players having that extra like two months heading into rotation to learn the format? Because these decks, they look pretty similar. Like, sure, you got some new additions, but these are very similar to the standard 2022 decks just ported over into our new format. Eh, I mean, yeah. I think like, yeah, okay, standard 2022 is something that, that kind of gives you a, a little bit of a sneak peek, but these are all things that we kind of already knew, right? Like everybody knew Goldspan Dragon was going to be good. Everybody knew Blue Red had ev like, you know, the building blocks to kind of already be an all-star at the week one. So Mono Green has already, like we already knew Ranger class was really good. And Asika's Chariot, mostly because these were cards that you could play during a, an Eldrain standard. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's true that these cards were good in real standard uh, as well, along with being good in standard 2022. And I guess if you were good enough to see play in Eldraine standard, pretty safe bet that you'll be uh, good enough to see play in a powered down post rotation, less set version of standard like we have now. All right. Any other standard thoughts before we move on and talk about some other stuff? Uh, let's talk a bit about world. So it's been a weird time for tournament magic we've had a lot of upheaval a lot of changes but we have coming up this weekend the biggest tournament of the year or the most high prestige high value world is coming uh it's a very small group of players i think 16 players qualify for it playing standard playing some draft we're gonna get to see limited on the big stage question one are y'all hyped for Worlds? I remember a couple years ago, maybe more than that now, maybe three or four years ago, oh, I love Tournament Magic so much. And me and Richard, we would stay up and do tournament coverage. I remember being up, you know, watching Japanese pro tours and waking up at like 1 a.m. to watch the tournament through the night. Uh, but it feels like it's, it's changed now with everything that's happened with, you know, MPL going away, not really having an OP replacement. Are you still hyped for Worlds? Is this an event that makes you excited to watch Tournament Magic? I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know Worlds was happening this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does it change anything now that you know Worlds is happening? Uh, Are you going to bother I, watching it? I, you know, I, I, I might tune in a little bit now uh, that I know that it exists. Yeah. I, I think this is the <laughs> problem. Like, there's just no hype around Worlds anymore. Like, there's no hype around tournament magic, right? The... The de-emphasis on standard and the emphasis on commander is like coming to fruition, right? Like I'm just not hyped about standard. Like I've, I've, you know, we've just spent 20 minutes complaining about green, right? Like do I want to see more green or do I want to see the pros try to beat green? Do I have any faith that green will beat? Like I don't know. Uh, but I'd rather have these questions answered like two weeks ago <laughs> rather than now, right? So yeah, I'll tune in. Like we'll see. I see some familiar faces in the roster. Um, but I think tournament magic has lost its, its luster because kind of like standard hasn't been good, right? Like if wizards doesn't care about standard, their premier tournament format, like why, sh why should I believe they care about worlds and things like that? Right. So I think that's kind of all related and kind of the push to commanders to content. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same for me as it was a few years ago. That's for sure. I'm still planning on uh, having it on, probably as I'm, you know, doing other things and doing this and that. But I do plan on having Worlds on and keeping track of it. And I am excited 
especially to see if anyone can build and play a deck that is not is it or mono green and have success with it like that is that's what i'm hoping for to come out of this weekend is someone uh, you know one of the best players in the world to find a way to beat these best decks in the format and really shake things up whether or not that happens i don't know it is a really small tournament and sometimes you see Weird things happen with these really small metas where players have a pretty good idea a lot of the time. So other people are going to be on. You see some interesting metagame choices. Uh, so I'm still excited about it. It's definitely not the hype level that it was a few years ago. And I think it's for the reasons that you said, Richard. Like, we've just skewed more casual. We've skewed towards Commander. Wizards has pretty clearly sent the message that they don't care about organized play and they don't care about tournament magic. And, and then you have Krim, who I don't think you're alone in not even knowing the biggest event of the year is going on this weekend you you keep up on magic more than most people in the magic community like you're a full-time magic content creator and you don't even know that worlds is going on and that's definitely an issue like you would think i mean i know that like league of legends worlds is going on and i know nothing about league of legends but when that happens i know that it's happening because it's such a big deal it's being advertised so many people are talking about it so it's really a shame that magic just isn't the state it is as far as tournament magic is there any chance that it turns around or are we just a casual game now like is this the new world where commander is all that matters or do you think you know a year from now two years from now wizards is going to announce new organized play and we're going to get back to those days where tournament magic is a thing or is the game just has it changed has it evolved and it's something different than it used to be i think the game has right the game is fully changed and i mean i don't there's there's a lot of moving parts here because realistically, yes, you know, standard standards in a like you know the game is different, but on top of that, standard just hasn't been what it's you know what it used to be when it was like one of the most fun formats ever. Rotation was refreshing, but now everything's just kind of stacked in green. So I don't know. We're not tr like f like for sure out of the woods yet, but you know it's better than Eldraine, but still not like a perfect format. So standard hasn't been good when standards good magic is thriving like it feels like a top-down effect yeah i mean that's I think a, uh, the game has definitely changed right so if you go back out what the heyday of pro tours are like five eight years ago like that was the only thing to do right like if you were a magic player you played standard everyone played standard you wanted to watch some some like magic content well, this was it, right? Like, there was, like, barely any content, like, barely anything to do, right? So you would just all congregate and watch the Pro Tour. And, you know, there wasn't as much streaming. There wasn't as much YouTube. So this was your first look at the new set and the meta and stuff like that. And that's what we all just congregated on. And I think, you know, it it was, like, a very tight-knit community back then. Like, nowadays, our community is huge. And it's still great, but it's fragmented, right? You have commander players on one side you have standard players over here you have a lot of content creators right you have twitch streamers you have youtubers uh you know you have tournament grinders you have people that don't even play any magic right maybe they just do cosplay or something or, or like fan art right so like we we can't just all congregate on the pro tour anymore we congregate in our little communities it's more split and the importance of the pro tour is a lot less especially since it's kind of boring to watch, right? If you don't follow, like, high-level magic, like, if you don't care about, you know, playing the best deck or, you know, making the tightest lines or whatever, like, it, it doesn't really matter to you, right? There's nothing to watch, really. So I think it's just a natural evolution of magic, and I don't know that we'd ever return to the heyday. I guess the closest we can get is, like, Mythic Invitational, where they hype it up, put a lot of money in, 
bring a lot of big names in and make it a giant spectacle and focus less on the gameplay but more on the spectacle around it and maybe they can like capture some of that magic like like other esports do I, I don't know I wonder if this is a shift in the the broader world or if it's a magic thing because it kind of reminds me of like the the boxing thing hearing you talk about a spectacle <laughs> made me think like I'm not I'm not a huge fan of boxing but I do know that the big trend in boxing now is like YouTubers beating each other up or like <laughs> fighting basketball players or things like that and that's that's what's bringing in the money is like random YouTuber fights some retired MMA guy or something when and that's what people watch that's what people are going to pay you pay money for buy a pay-per-view for when in the past boxing was kind of boring and if you didn't care about boxing and know like you know what a jab is and all the technicalities like it just looks like two people hitting each other like if you if you don't really you know I guess there's still probably some joy you can get out of just watching people beat each other up some people uh, like that but without knowing boxing it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense so i wonder if this is a, a trend that's happening in the world at large this fragmentation and this casualization of uh of some of these properties and magic is just along for the ride but i think you're right and it it makes me sad because i miss those days of being really hyped to watch tournament magic and it's it's just not like that anymore. And I don't think it's a player's fault. It's not like the players have gotten worse or less interesting. It's it's just that the game has changed. So hmm. are you going to watch Worlds, Richard? I think I'm going to watch Worlds. Like just because I'm curious where we're at in, in Magic now with, with like competitive. But, you know, I, I didn't even know what was happening. So, <laughs> you know, like the, the marketing needs to step it up. But I'll definitely try it oh. out. But to your point, well, Seth, I'll, I'll give you football. Okay, NFL is like very easy, right? If you have a six to three game, people are like, this is horrendous, right? <laughs> Football purists will be like, oh my God, what a great game, right? Like, you know, your incremental advantage, moving the line, some good punts in there, good field position plays, defensive masterclass, right? No one says that, right? They want to watch you, you know, air it out 60 yards and then get destroyed getting tackled <laughs> somewhere, right? So, <laughs> yeah. like, that's what you want to watch, right? That's why we just have a, like, high-powered passing you want all the flashy plays. Uh, so that's a that's a bad thing for Magic. But at the same time, League of Legends, like, you know, other esports, they're, they're kind of like top-level competition, like skill is like thriving, right? Like, you know, Worlds is a very competitive thing. You're, you're watching a very competitive uh, game and like the best players and people actually tune in to see the best players. Uh, so on that hand, maybe... Magic can somehow capture that League of Legends magic, right? Where people are actually watching high-level play and they're excited to see the best players in the world get together and compete. Yeah, I know we were all hopeful that we would see this uh, kind of boom for competitive magic with Arena, hopefully making it a little bit more digestible or exciting for the casual players like uh, one of the problems with magic that we've talked about for a long time is it's not really that interesting if you don't know magic arena at least has animations so you got you know lightning bolts flying around and you got you can see the creatures attacking and smashing into the other person you get a little bit of that you know big hit in football type thing but it doesn't seem like that's really happened because that was one of my big hopes is that maybe arena would make it so so you could watch it because i've talked about this before like i can watch league of legends and i actually kind of find it interesting Interesting. And I have literally no idea any of the characters, any of the players, even really how the game works. I've never played it once, but I've had it pop up randomly like on my Twitter on Twitch and I've turned it on and I, it's kind of 
fun to watch. Like people are running around and the commentators are super hyped up and things are like smashing and people are doing things and I don't really know what they're doing. But even for me, as casual as you could possibly be, it's entertaining. Can magic get there? Is there a way to do that? Do we need more animations? Like how can how can we be one of those esports that people actually want to tune in and watch? Why do people I watch mean, chess or poker? Yeah. To me, those are the closest, right? You're like on, on the like chess is like a billion year old game or something, right? Like it's super complex. No one understands what's going on. But how do they get people to watch? And 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 I watch chess. I barely know anything that's going on, right? But the, the chess <laughs> I watch is because of like advertising, right? Like because of the people playing it are like super entertaining. Right. So I'm watching it for their personality kind of. And the chess is kind of supplemental while, you know, I'm learning some chess on the side. And you know, like that's how they get it done, I, I guess. Like how can magic do this well? But chess and poker are pretty close. I don't think we're League of Legends, but we should be able to beat chess and poker, right? I don't I think we'll so. ever be League of Legends, to be honest with you. Just because that the the fundamentals of the game and what magic is is not easy to understand from the outside looking in. I can't just tune in, right? Like you had mentioned, Seth, like I also don't even like play League of Legends, but I can like watch like high-end like gameplay. And high-end magic gameplay, I don't know, it's just a bunch of like gibberish, right? Like I have no idea what's going on. If I didn't know the game. (laughs) Two people tanking for five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like it's like, oh, cool. These two people are just staring at each other, I think. I don't know. Why aren't they doing anything? You know, like it's not intuitive. It's not easy to pick up. Uh, Hearthstone is even easier to pick up, right? Because like, you know, they're they have a limited board state. You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to hit your face. Okay, cool. That's as simple as that. But magic right now has this weird like I'm telling you, I think a lot of this is just based on the design of the game right now. Like Richard had mentioned earlier. It were, yeah. It, I don't think we'll ever like when we were at our best. That would be world like War of the Spark, right? Like that was when we were at our best, and and when we were at our best, we could not break in, right? So like I mean we we did, but like not to the level that League of Legends is, not even close. We look like we could be somewhat in the direction of like probably esports for like a card game, but we were nowhere near what League of Legends is for the esports scene. And and that's with our best standard. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe League of Legends or like Fortnite or whatever is a impossibly high bar for magic, because as you mentioned, like it is a card game and there are limitations to how interesting you can make people playing cards. But I do think there's got to be more we can do to, you know, get closer to the the Hearthstone level or, you know, be the best esport of the card games, which I'm not even sure. Uh, I'm not even sure we're there at this point as far as esports in specific. I think Magic probably lags behind a lot of other games. I mean, you could argue that even like Flesh and Blood, a very new game, and it's not an esport, I guess, but that probably has a more thriving competitive scene right now than Magic does. So I think even if we can't get to Fortnite and we can't get to the League of Legends, like, you know, biggest esport in the world level, we got to be able to to improve things and get closer to that. And I don't know. It's a tough problem. I was hoping that Arena was going to be the solution to the problem. And it doesn't seem like it is because we're still talking about these issues. And Arena has been out for a while and and we're still here. So, I mean, <sighs> we, we need to clean our house first. OK, like here we are three people who are hardcore magic players running a <laughs> podcast. We're like, you're going to watch Worlds? We're like, eh, Seth will have it on Crim 
might watch for five minutes. Richard might watch for an hour. Like, that's pretty bad, right? Like, we should be excited to watch, right? Like, we are franchise magic players. We don't have issues following the board, right? We know what the game is. Like, we don't, you know, we're not going to be confused when there's, like, eight cards on the battlefield, right? <laughs> but we don't want to watch, right? Like, we got to fix that problem first before we go after, like, literal noobs trying to like pull them away from like csgo or league of legends or whatever right like make magic players want to watch first right so so how, how what could wizards do to make you dedicate this weekend to watching worlds is there anything that they could do that would just make you make you block off this weekend and and you know that be your primary thing for this weekend you know i think the only way that would happen for me it's really just a shakeup of the whole the game as a whole. Like they they just go back, they remap what the the cards they've made. Magic just I, I I miss just good old fair magic, right? Like where incremental card advantage and things like that, playing tight. It, it like playing tight is cool, but like also like you know not every card just wins the game on its own. So for me, I I don't know. I that's the only way that would get me like really excited to watch competitive magic again. Yeah, I, I think we need. A true champion, like one that they build up to be like Michael Jordan, right? Where uh, they are the best. There's like some timeline, like, you know, every sport has this, right? You're Tom Brady, you're Michael Jordan, you're whatever. So we need one of those. And Wizards has tried to do this, but they haven't been successful. Uh, And also, like, we need to have this be the pre-release event. Like, the the format needs to be fresh. I don't want to see streamers playing it first, right? I, I want to see... The pros playing it first, such such that it's like the first look, right? Because now, you know, we're already like several weeks into the format. We had standard 2022 beforehand. Like the cards are stale. We all know what they do, right? But if it was release weekend, we'd be like, oh, you know, this 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 deck is pretty hot, right? We'd be all like, oh, mono greens, time to shine, right? But at this point, it's like old news, so we don't want it anymore. So I I think scheduling is an easy change they can do to make it the literal first look at a format, right? So move their pro tours up, uh, their worlds up to release weekend, make the pros come in hot with no knowledge, and then let's see what they brew up. Yeah, I I think that would be a big one for me too, because for me, when it comes to watching uh, Magic tournaments, the biggest determining factor is really the metagame. And we don't know the decks for worlds yet. If we get the deck list on Friday and it's, you know, eight, mono green decks versus you know seven is it decks and one random deck that's not something that is going to make me want to block off my weekend to watch magic all weekend because i've seen those decks a lot of times i've played the those matchups many times that's just not that appealing to me on the other hand if it's a you know a bunch of different decks and there's a realistic chance that someone's gonna dethrone mono green or is it that's something that's gonna get me hyped and that's something that's gonna get me watching and I don't know if you can just expect, you know, these 16 players going to Worlds to play some janky brew. That's that's not in their best interest. But moving up the event would get around almost all this. Because two weeks ago, we didn't really know that Mono Green and Nizit were the two best decks in the format. We didn't really know what was going on. We might have known those decks were good, but we thought a lot of things could be good. So I think that moving up the tournament would kind of by itself make the metagame more diverse, at least most of the time. And that would make the tournament much more appealing. So so that's my biggest fear for this weekend, is we're going to just see all Mono Green versus Is It, And I'll watch a bit of it, and I'll have it on. But to me, that's not that exciting. If we have a bunch of different decks, 
Pokedex in there, that is something that would get me to spend a lot of my weekend just watching Magic because that would be really, really fun and interesting to me. So, what's anyway, your take you on the the oh, pre-publishing of all the deck lists where they give you all the deck lists up front? Do you think that has something to do with it? Like, if they just withheld. That mono green was, you know, sixty percent of the meta. <laughs> you'd be more likely to watch, right? And you, you'd be trying to piece this puzzle together over the first couple rounds of Magic, right? And that was kind of some of the fun of the, you know, the older Pro Tours, where you saw like parts of decks, and you're like, oh, I wonder what else they're playing, and you try to like make up the deck lists. <laughs> Yeah, we, we used to do a lot of, like, guesstimate deck lists, trying to, like, you know, backfill and figure out what cards were in the deck and posting the deck list, and that was super fun. Yeah, I think, possibly, I think if I if I didn't know the meta, maybe I could deceive myself into thinking that it was not all mono green and is it, and I would watch for a while until I realized it was mono green versus it. But at the same time, with deck lists being public now for the players maybe you just gotta do it like that's that's i think one of the biggest changes everything's open deck list now so all the players have each other's deck lists so then it just kind of naturally filters out that way and you have players who are like posting on their twitter and so forth so i think it kind of maybe goes back to the whole idea of having open deck lists at tournaments versus not having open deck lists like uh, like it was in the past why do they need open so, deck lists <laughs> why, why, why did they do this I, so i think the theory is that it's better for coverage but i'm actually really not sure so, so was it the argument that you were disadvantaged if you were featured because people would see your deck that, that I, I, I think, think that was yeah. part of it yeah that was at least part of it and uh and then having the deck list be known also also helps with coverage i guess coverage would have it either way but yeah so i think that that's it but does that really matter like i feel like i don't know at some point you got to do what's best for for the viewership like if you're going to be an esport that has to be the priority and if it's better to not have the deck list publish i don't know maybe players just have to deal with the disadvantage of being in a feature match or whatever look sports have like broadcasting timeouts okay where they you know they disrupt <laughs> the flow of the game to add in some you know advertisements you know and you know players are not happy about it but you got to do what you got to do to make the money so maybe if you know you're a featured match you, you take the bullet and you have a small disadvantage at the cost of internet infamy I, I don't know right or maybe you can decline somehow and eventually someone will take it but yeah i i feel somehow this is worse because i think seth is right if we see the deck list and it's all is it in mono green probably not watching right so i i don't know that they want to post that especially when they start posting like conversion rates and they're like, oh, you know, mono green is dominating or something. Like, I'm definitely not watching day two now, right? <laughs> like, why do I want to yeah. watch this, right? Like, you just spoiled everything. So, yeah, I, I think in this case, like, less data builds the suspense and the story of the tournament more, right? And after the after the tournament, publish everything you want, right? But during the tournament, you know, let let the story full, you know, the storyline unfold itself. Yeah, maybe maybe we can do it Sunday or something for the top eight. Like let the first couple days just go naturally and then publish the deck list before the top eight like they they used to do. I guess if there's good news about this tournament, there is also limited in there. So at least we are gonna have some limited Ugh. rounds to kick things <laughs> off. Uh, the least popular podcast <laughs> format. We'll save it all. <laughs> I'm not well, gonna lie to you. If there's a green versus it. <laughs> Don't they do, I, I, normally do modern or something like or historic or anything like why limited? I don't know. I, yeah, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I am not excited for the limited portion. 
<laughs> that is that is the opposite of one way to get me to block out time to watch Worlds this weekend. Uh, an- another thing that we haven't really hit on is because of Arena and the lack of other formats on Arena, it does feel like we're kind of stuck with standard all the time because that would be another way to get me hyped for this tournament. If they were like, hey, guess what? We're doing, you know, some standard, but we're doing modern or even historic or, you know, legacy, pioneer, like throw in one of those formats. Those formats, at least, are not all mono green and not all is it. We would have a more diverse, uh, diverse meta. So I think because arena doesn't have all those options we end up getting stuck with standard on repeat and standard just hasn't been as good as it could be over the last few years which i think has also contributed to this like negative snowball the the format's not great so people don't watch and people don't watch so wizards doesn't care and then next thing you know organized play is canceled and we don't know what's going on and uh, with any of it so i feel like that would be helpful as well like if this tournament had modern as part of it i would be incredibly hyped to watch the modern rounds like that gets me every single time but it's just not really possible to do in a world where arena is where all the tournaments are taking place they just made a historic brawl, man. Honestly, if they would have made it historic, <laughs> that would have been so Yeah, like, what's cool. wrong with standard historic wow. or standard historic brawl? Like, I, I don't... Yeah. Historic brawl would be interesting. Not, not, I, not I would actually be brawl. very interested to yeah. see to see what that looked like. At a, I would actually tune in for that. I don't think I would want historic brawls normally, like every pro tour or whatever, but as a one-off thing, I would be really curious to see how pros handle that format. All right, scratch it. The, the, the second format is boxing. We're going we're gonna to yes. ride the trend. Do you know chess boxing is a thing, by the way? Where you, Wait, chess where you punch each boxing. other and then move your chess pieces? Yeah, so you, you, have, you have rounds of boxing followed by round of chess. And you keep, you keep alternating. Right, right, right. Perfect. Wow. It's, 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 wow. It's actually kind of funny. I, I, don't, I don't watch it, but I know it exists. But it's like, you know, you need to keep your composure while boxing and then like be able to play your chess game afterwards. It sounds interesting. I, I would totally turn into that pro tour. If you had to, like, during sideboarding, box your opponent for those two minutes and, and then make your sideboard changes and play, that would get everyone to tune in. That would be the most watched Magic tournament of all time, I guarantee you. <laughs> that's a good question i was gonna ask you who would win worlds but now i got a better question looking at the world's competitors let's say it was magic boxing hybrid who would you who would you take in that tournament <laughs> i go weight class who's who's the biggest tallest dude on the pro yeah. tour who has the best reach and who has like the most like the highest weight class? the most power yeah because yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have skill right so whoever <laughs> Whoever's heaviest will win, right? When you land a punch, the other guy will be, like, dead, right? So I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. go with that. <laughs> Turn magic into a gladiator sport? All right, let's do it. It's like, it's like that's why people oh. like watching. Well, I don't know. Do you guys like watching featherweight or heavyweights? Oh, definitely uh, heavyweight. Heavyweight. Yeah, because, like, one punch and the match is over. Featherweights are just, like, smacking each other, like, left and right. <laughs> like, you don't know what's going on. Like, no one's falling over, right? So, you know, you got to go the one-hit KO, right? So, so give me your actual pick for Worlds. There's 16 players. Uh, Wizards actually has a contest going. If you go over to magic.gg, uh, you can pick your champion, I believe it's called. And if your champion wins, you actually get some uh, some arena goodies. You get uh, some free packs. You get a new card sleeve, I believe. And I think one of those little avatar things if you, uh, if you pick uh, the actual winner. So you can go over and choose your champion over at magic.gg. But who are you choosing as your champion for this event, Richard and Krim? Give me your pick. It's either, for me, it's either going to be Yuta or it's got to be Gab. 
old yellow hat. Oh. It's going to be one of the two. I'm going with Paulo. Oh. When I don't know anything, you just choose Paulo. He'll probably win. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I was going to go with Gab, too, just because I like Gab and he's good at magic. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, maybe a dark horse pick and go with Eli Cassis, who is someone who's really impressed me. Uh, he's actually an upstate New York person uh, that has played legacy. It was kind of known in the legacy scene around upstate New York for, for a long time and uh, ended up being on the Pro Tour and has played really well over the last couple of years. So I'm going to go with Eli as my dark horse pick, although also I'll be rooting for Gab because I just really like Gab. So. Uh, anyway, so that's Worlds. Oh, one other Worlds question. You mentioned a few minutes ago, Richard, having a Michael Jordan of Magic would be something that would be really helpful. And I think maybe we've had that a little bit in the past where we had, you know, 20 years ago, uh, we had Kai and we had Finkel. LSV maybe during his prime when he was really actively playing and focusing on Magic was maybe pretty close to that. Who's the closest now to being the Michael Jordan? Is there is there anyone that you could see developing into the Michael Jordan of Magic? Uh, why myself, of course. No, uh, like <laughs> the Asian <laughs> Avenger. Yeah, dude. Uh, actually, I think I think Gab. Right, Gab's really good. Like, I mean. I think he's really good, but I, I, I kind of just always view LSV, right? Like, I, th- I think he's got to be the player. Uh, but he's kind of, like, semi-retired now. I mean, Is he's he... not retired, retired, but he's not, like, he's not at Worlds. So I guess uh, it's true. I mean, if we're looking at Worlds, like, specifically on the roster of Worlds, it's got to be Paulo, right? I mean, I think Paulo's the, the best player. Yeah. But I kind of wonder, too, like, same with Gab and even Paulo to some extent, or, like, kind of old guard to some extent that's been playing for a really long time i almost wonder if we need like a lebron type person this protege that comes up and is just like dominates from you know a young age and like i feel like that's something that like the michael jordans and lebrons of the world or kobe's of the world end up having so i i feel even though i love gab and i love paulo and they're great players I don't know if they qualify for the the michael jordan camp for me just because they've been doing it for such a long time now Look, I guess Tom like, Brady um, is like 50,000 years old, and he's still doing <laughs> it. I don't see why Paulo can't keep doing it. <laughs> like, are, are, like yeah. yeah, like, I guess, like, from the newer batch of players, I don't know. I, I just legitimately do not know for newer batch of players. Yeah, and maybe, I don't know, without the incentives to qualify for Pro Tours and Worlds, because there's not really organized play, are we even going to have that type of person ever happen like come up in the game like maybe we've just moved past that now and all the new players are you know playing legal legends or playing commander if they're playing magic and uh, not trying to qualify for worlds because how do you even qualify for worlds how do you even know so yeah there's no there's no like big personalities really right and the like i think lsv was like kind of the last like kind of like really big personality but even then it's still very tame like we don't have like the smack talk right like the way in smack talk or anything like we, we don't have any magic players just like play their game and let it unfold and that's it but that's not like very entertaining right you kind of want the trash talk you kind of want the stakes to be upped you want a spectacle around the players but we don't get that with magic and i know they tried that with like mythic invitational and the interviews and things like that and bringing in outside names but you know most of these players were choosing other technical merits and they don't have like that kind of raw star power that like, you know, Jordan had or something like that. 
Anyway, I think, oh, there's one other topic to get to, and then we can hit up a fish mail before we wrap up. There's some new promos coming out. Uh, Japanese Planeswalker Championship promos. And I gotta say, I'm super jealous because they look amazing, but there is Kaya the Inexorable, Faceless Haven, and Saw It Coming promos. Uh, the Japanese players get the sweetest promos all the time. Uh, and I, I hope I can pick up some of them because the art looks amazing. So not sure exactly how to get them outside of Japan. I don't think non-Japanese tournaments uh, are offering them as rewards at this point, but they do look really, really cool. That Kaya is super sweet. That art is gorgeous. Yeah, Kaya, Kaya looks amazing. I think the Faceless Haven is really neat looking. And the Saw It Coming too, like has a really cool like purplish color scheme that looks yeah. a lot different than the original. But I would I would definitely run that over the, the normal Saw It Coming if I had a copy. Also, uh, Wizards, add them to Arena, please. That, yeah, <laughs> I will give you I, money. I, I will give that. you money to get these as skins for my Arena uh, games. So. Especially the Saw It Coming. Anyway, Richard, uh, hit us up with a fish mail. All right. If you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail. I'll get to your questions on air. 11 Vicious. So Clash On has become a meme that the fan base seems to, quote, like. To save Krim from this, how about dive in, since you're all goldfish? You say it simultaneously <laughs> like Power Rangers. Uh, Can you get behind that, Krim? We could also just not say any of them <laughs> and come up with a new fa- like phrase. But, uh, you know, I guess Clash On can stay for the time being. Clash On is just phase one. Phase two is where we add a dynamic pose while we say Clash oh, On. So, so we're just we like it. full full anime character now, we're right? Full anime. This is, this is what we're at, right? <laughs> someone someone in the comments of the last Commander Clash said that if uh, if Krim doesn't get second, he should be forced to say <laughs> the Clash On the next episode. And I think we might we might actually do that. <laughs> uh, next question. Armand Zero. Yes, please do a movie night. I've seen streamers do watch-alongs by having everyone start the movie on the same source simultaneously. You don't actually show the movie. Just comment along as uh, an audio track. So our fans are trying to get us more uh, accustomed, attuned to pop culture here. We need to watch (laughs) some movies. I'm down. I'm down. We We will do a movie night. I will figure it out. We'll figure out how to do it legally. And we'll do one, uh, put up a poll or something to let people vote on it. But I'm actually super down with that. I think that would be fun. But how do we do anime night? How do we book like 13 hours to watch like an entire season? <laughs> Everybody's got to collectively read subtitles. Do people read <laughs> no, like can comics? Just... Can you do that? Can you just read comics on stream? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think know. there's book readings, right? So I don't yeah, know maybe, how the copyright for that works. Aren't you just like <laughs> broadcasting the contents of it? But yeah, maybe that could be a thing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to research it some more. But I like the movie night idea. So one way or another, I will figure it out and we'll do it because that'll be fun. Okay, what movie would we watch? Uh, uh, John Wick, Shang Chi, because that's gonna be on its way out. I feel like that. I gotta. I feel like the point of this is to catch me up on all the pop culture I've missed. So I don't know what's what's at the top. Wait, I know. What, I gotta... What year do you want to start with? <laughs> the current <laughs> year or like eight years ago? <laughs> I know. I gotta make both of you watch Holy Grail. If I if I'm doing this and watching John Wick, yeah, I'm watching you all watch. Holy I've, Grail. I've actually wanted to watch I, that for a long time. I have not wanted to watch it. It does. It looks so medium. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, I'm but, afraid to say that. <laughs> Every time I see a clip of Monty Python, I'm like, I don't understand what the heck is going on or why this is funny. But I just yeah. figured it's out of context. I need to watch like the whole thing in order yeah. to it's, like. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. It's pretty, and it's like classic nerd culture. Even I know that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. We should. We should definitely do that. So thank you to everyone who sent in fish mail. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail. We'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 349 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about worlds and whatever else goes down in the world of magic. Oh, so, until then, everyone. <laughs> yeah, worlds is. I'm glad we did the podcast this week so you guys know that worlds is this weekend. <laughs> so, until then, have have a great week, everyone. Enjoy Worlds if you're watching. And this is the crew signing out.